Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. Or a match. (laughs) (laughs) Is this thing insured? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely know what I like. You're just a regular snob, is that what you're saying? Yeah, just a regular snob, really. You said Um, it. (laughs) The clean stuff hangs on the mirror, the dirty's on the floor. (laughs) Hello and welcome. Today we'll be joined by Glenn James to talk about organising your money. So first things first, let's introduce him. Glenn is a retired financial advisor with experience helping countless people get on top of their finances and host of the My Millennial Money podcast. With his own personal financial successes behind him, Glenn has a passion to help people achieve financial freedom as he has. His teaching method is lighthearted and fun while still managing to cover sensitive and important topics in an engaging way. Welcome, Glenn. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, great to be here. I love um, I love chatting about organising things. Oh, and I'd like to say I like chatting about money and that would have been a lie in many recent years. But in recent times, I discovered your podcast and, and learned so much. So I'm absolutely stoked to have you here on the pod today to talk all things money. Bonnie, do you feel very, uh, as the young people used to say, woke when it comes to money? <laughs> I think I've gotten a lot better at money management over the last few years, but definitely in like our family with, there's the three of us, our brother and is is kind of on his own, you know, no kids, you've got one and I've got four. So like money's pretty important to feed those four hungry little mouths. And yeah, I'm super keen to learn some great tips from Glenn today. So Glenn, can you tell us just like briefly a little bit about what drew you into the, the industry originally? Yeah, I think it was more, um, I always had an interest in personal finance. Uh, and that was even back when I was a teenager, like I was interested in investing in shares. And, you know, I, um, I found myself at like a community college with all these retired people on a Saturday doing like share investing courses and, you know, weird stuff like that, because it was the only access to information that somebody out on the street could get because we didn't have podcasts. We didn't have micro investing apps. We didn't have a heap of stuff on the internet. So you kind of had to go offline uh, into books and, you know, weird community college courses. And then it was just a a passion in the background uh, that I always read about. And I left school and uh, I did a trade and I knew that wasn't for me long-term. And I thought I'm going to study financial planning. And I started studying financial planning and went on to, um, to work in a financial planning practice for four or five years and then started my own business. And um, yeah, just kind of, you know, looking back, I'm now doing what I was passionate about in my teens, which is quite amazing because they are the most influential years in our life. And I think if we're often worried or wondering what we should do, or it's I, I don't, just a good idea to think about when in your teens, in the most influential time of your life, what did you want to do? And it's just a great thing to to really do what you love. Yeah. And evidently, like you, you seem to live and breathe all things money. So one key thing worth mentioning, of course, is that you now associate yourself as an ex-financial advisor. Could you just touch on that briefly? Yeah. So I was a licensed financial advisor for about 12 years. Uh, and then, you know, towards the end of that, I had my own business and my own clients. We had hundreds of clients and um, I just 
started the My Millennial Money podcast and wanted to go one to many. So, you know, you'd sit down with the client and do one-on-one and have so much impact in helping them. But I was just finding I was having the same discussion. So I started my online course and then started the podcast and that really took off. Um, I think we were the first major Australian personal finance podcast um, for Aussies by Aussies and just kind of really leaned into that. And I thought, stuff this, I need a new challenge. So I sold my business and um, just went all in on the podcast. And at the same time, I ceased being a, a licensed financial advisor, which was scary in itself. It's like, oh, no turning back now. Um, and that's where I um, yeah, just went all in and um, you know, I'll go down with the ship, but at least if it doesn't work out, I can honestly say I gave it everything. Uh, so yeah, a bit of a challenge to anyone listening. If you want to you know, step out on the water and give something a, a red hot go, throw everything at it because, you know, if it doesn't work out, at least you can say that you tried. But I think if you put a lot of effort into it, you'll find that you'll go further than what you thought. Yeah. And for anyone out there who hasn't yet listened to the My Millennial Money podcast, highly recommend it. I am a, I'm not a podcast snob, but I've got, um, <laughs> I definitely know what I like. You're just a regular there, snob. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, just a regular <laughs> snob, really. You said um, it. <laughs> But it is such a good podcast and you've got like a variety of styles of episodes as well. You know, you kind of have the campfire chats and um, all different kinds. So definitely recommend listeners go and check out that podcast. And something you said there too that really I think resonated with me and perhaps for you too, Bon, is that similarly with you and your one-on-one professional organising, Bonnie, going online and doing the podcast Mm. was such a great way to help more people. And one thing is that many of our listeners may now, hopefully after many months of listening to us, um, have slightly more organised homes. But money is something that doesn't necessarily come up. Just on that note, it's interesting that when we were talking off air before, we were talking about how, you know, Lily's doing her psychology honours and I do the physical organising and Glenn, you were saying, oh, Lily can take care of like the mental side of things and the emotional well-being and I do the physical and that's what makes us such a a great duo. Well, I find that the clutter that's in people's houses really represents more than just physical clutter. It represents what's going on for them emotionally. And you know that saying like a tidy desk is a tidy mind. And I find that a lot of people will come to us because the physical clutter is overwhelming them, but there are things that are disorganised in their life, like, for example, their financial situation and because they're not on top of that that kind of overflows into all these physical areas of their life and I think that once you start to get that physical stuff out and you're decluttering and you can make decisions on what stays and what goes that then paves the way and kind of like um, I guess strengthens your muscles um, to be able to then move on to things that are maybe a little bit more heavy like the financial situation so that that's something I want to I guess delve into a little bit today is if we have actually gone through and decluttered most of the physical stuff and we're ready as a family to delve into that financial side of things, where do we start? Yeah. And I love how you've touched on this because I released a podcast the other day about how to save money fast or something like that. And one of my points, I split it up into three sections like the, and I forget the sections, but it was just like the, um, the budget, the practical and then the mindset piece. And I think in the practical piece, one of my tips were clean your house up because, you know, if you go home and you feel like 
you've got crap everywhere. It's just another barrier. And it's just, it could be the straw that breaks the camel's back that I just can't be bothered. And I honestly, and then Mm. I, I think I even talked about, and you, this is your domain, but there's a difference between, you know, being living in filth and a mess and actually stuff like you can have mm. nice stuff and have a cluttery house because a lot of people like stuff that's fine but just make sure mm. you're not living in filth like just do something in the mm. physical to help with that um connection and 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 give you the strength to kind of attack stuff but it's um it's such a it's a, such a great segue to you know when I was teaching people about personal finance, um, a lot of people would come into my financial planning practice and say, "Glenn, we want to invest, we want a, a financial plan, and all this stuff." And by the end of the meeting, they were walking out and pretty much was like, "You just need a budget, like you just need to manage your money." Yes. And probably, yep. I like to draw parallels, like in your world. People like, oh, I've just got so much stuff and so much clutter. It's like, well, no, you just need a bit of system and um, structure. Like we're not saying you have Mm. to throw everything out. We're just saying get a system in place that works for you. And what I developed was what I'd like to call the sound financial house. And in my book, Sort Your Money Out and Get It Invested, which uh, is available to purchase now, um, I share a story about how I developed this for a client that came into my office and it ended up being the cornerstone of my advice process. So we're going to play a mind game. Well, that probably sounds a bit weird, but let's do (laughs) (laughs) Close your eyes and think of the chicken. That's right. That's right. Everyone, uh, I want you to imagine an elephant. Now, Everyone can imagine an elephant in their mind right now, can't and they? How, and how many no, people not, have got toddlers <laughs> and they're making elephant noises yeah. in the background? Right now. <laughs> exactly. So let's all in our mind um, imagine a house, all right? And I've actually sent uh, Bonnie and Lily uh, an image and a copy of the book so they can mm-hmm. look at this as well. But basically when I teach money and when I wrote my book, I'm not pretty much saying, hey, everyone, do this and use that super fund and use this bank account. Like, I'm just not uh, prescriptive like that. I would rather give people a guide and teach them how to understand things themselves, right? So at the Sound Financial House, we want to build things on solid foundations. We know that if you're building a house on sand or at the beach, you need some deep foundations, right? But if you're building on rock, well, you need different foundations. So everyone needs foundations and they could vary, but we know the structure of foundations are, they've got to be somewhat deep and they've got to be concrete and reinforced. So we know foundations are foundations. So when I teach the Sound Financial House, the four foundations that I like to teach is the first foundation is having a spending plan or a budget, just some type of system. The second foundation is to be cashed up. So an emergency fund of, you know, around three months worth of expenses and to be consumer debt free. The third foundation is a personal protection plan. So, you know, if we've got dependents and debt, some death cover, like if you check out, I'm sorry, we're all going to die. And that sounds really crude, but we want to make sure the people who we leave behind aren't worse off, aren't in a pickle. We need some income cover. Like we run out and insure our car when we get a new car, but why don't we run out and insure our income when we get an income? So we just have to, and the book kind of teaches about all this stuff. And then the fourth foundation is wills and estate plan. 
you know, it's a once-off thing usually, set up your will. So they're the kind of four foundations I teach first. And the client that I shared this with, he had the investment properties, he had the share portfolios and all that stuff, but he had no foundations and he wanted to do further investing. And I couldn't work with him because I said to him, I think I would not be able to sleep at night myself if I helped you invest further without some decent foundations. He had consumer debt, like he had car loans and personal loans, even though he had investment properties, mm. he didn't have a will. He, he was in his 30s and still lived with mummy and daddy. And I said to him, hey, bro, like you're going to need to leave the, the nest one day and if mm. you can't factor in those costs, you're in a real pickle. So wherever you're at, we can just go back and start to work on the foundations. And usually it's a longer task, but you spend some decent time on some deep foundations you only have to do it once. Mm. And that's the beauty. That's so true, isn't it? Like it may not be like the prettiest, sparkliest, you know, like there's this whole idea of growing my money. That's so exciting. Mm. But like, if you can get the foundation strong and even like home organization, we're like, it's habits. You need to have good habits in place. You know, we need, you need to set up the system and then you need to follow it. And yeah, it's boring, but like once you get that in place, things will fall into place and you can, mm. you know, the system's there, you can work with it. Yeah, the foundations totally. are so important. Okay, though, Glenn, once we've got those foundations, those four foundations in place, what comes yep. next in the house? So the next, the slab is the superannuation. Mm-hmm. So just imagine a big slab and everyone's got a slab, but at the moment some of us might not have any foundations under the slab. Mm. So we just have to pause everything, do a bit of renovation and go, oh, I should actually go and get a will sorted before I worry about doing anything else. So everyone's got superannuation. And then the walls of the house or the bricks or whatever, they're really lifestyle goals. So your lifestyle goal could be, you know, we want to do a bit of travel. We want some work-life balance. We want to start a family. We want to save for a mortgage. We want to pay down more of our mortgage. We might want to start a business. We might want to learn to fly, get a pilot's license, whatever that is, like choose your own adventure. It could be saving for a new lounge. And then the roof of the house is our investing. So it might be our investment properties if we want in the future, might be some shares, you know, it could be other complex investments. I had a client once who wanted to buy some pink diamonds um, and they're very rare and expensive. Mm. And they could do that in my view, because they already had all their foundations, they had their super, they had their investment properties. So it was this seen as a luxury investment and it was ethically sourced. Um, I did ask that, but you know, they had everything in order. So it wasn't putting the cart before the horse. And I would just encourage everybody just to where you're at at the moment, press pause and have a look at your own sound financial house. Mm. Do you have an investment property? But also do you have consumer debt? Do you owe money on credit cards? Do you owe money on personal loan? You know, are you saving to travel overseas and go to Prague for two years, you know, once the borders open again, but you don't have some insurances in place? So it's just a real good exercise. And I basically say with our spending plan, you know, my spending plan, and I can send uh, Bonnie and Lily, I can send you a copy to do if you haven't got one, Uh, it'd be my gift. Um, What it does, it, it basically allows you to put all your income in, all your expenses, and then each, and then the third tab, it tells you each week how much to put in what account. So it really works out that, let's just say you've got $150 a week left over 
out of the spending plan. Well, we might say, okay, we're going to put $100 towards our lifestyle goals that week and $50 for the future. But because we've got our spending plan in place, we're out of debt, we've got our insurances in place, we know that that $50 that we allocate for investing for the future is actually allocated. And we don't have to sell shares or sell an investment property once the, or if the, hits the fan. So it is just Mm. about, you know, stepping back and making sure we've got the structures in our life. I love that you've got a house, like, and that you say, you use the phrase house in order. And that, that's so funny because that's terminology that we use with decluttering and getting organized physically as well is like about getting your house in order. So Mm. I'm loving the correlation. And also, Bonnie, we, you know, you talk about how you divide the room up into three and if you're the first mm. area to begin is always the floor. Got to start from the ground yep. up, baby. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but one <laughs> of the things you said earlier, which I found interesting, Glenn, was you're saying that you're not very prescriptive. And I think one of the things that when people are floundering in with, with finances is they're like, oh, just tell me what to do. Mm. But even you describing that house lets people, obviously there's detailed information in your mm. book, but it lets people learn that, I've, give, I've given you the information. You decide, you know, potentially which banks and whatever you want yeah. to go with. But here are some things to help you make those decisions. And I think that's something that's so essential and missing is that we, we get thrust out into this big world. We've graduated school. We're off to go on our adventures and suddenly it's like, okay, and where the world's going to assume you're financially literate. You're all over it. But even you spelling it out so simply like that, get those foundations in place. What are the foundations? Here they are. Like that's, I think, is going to be useful for so many people. Um, That certainly struck a chord with me. You know, things like the personal insurances, I'm sure you can speak to people who assume they're in a position where they don't need Mm. it. So many of our listeners are probably partnered and have kids, but for those who are single, 20s, ready to mingle, uh, who don't (laughs) think that they need any of those kinds of insurances, what would you say to that? Yeah, I would say like... If you have an income, most of the time, a lot of us are just working because we need the income. And if we don't need the income, why are we working? And it could be that, oh, yeah, I, I want to do that. I've got heaps of money over here. Uh, I'm just doing it for the social benefit to get out there and any money I get, you know, I can just do whatever I want with. My life doesn't need an income. And that's a really good place to be. But a lot of us, have an income because we need it. We need it to pay rent. We need it to pay for food. We need it to actually live. When we go for a rental property, they ask us, what's our income? When we go for a mortgage, they ask us, what's our income? Now, if the income stops, what happens? Well, you're going to get kicked out of your home and the banks or the bank's going to sell your house from under you if you don't pay. So a lot of us have an income and we need that income. And that means we want to make sure the income never stops. And if you're under 30, if you're single and you've got an income, well, you need to protect it. And you just, you get one shot at this. I've had clients that have been on long-term claims and the income insurance has covered their income due to an accident or illness that happened outside of work. And it's just a, it's a mindset thing. And a lot of people don't know that they can insure their income. You know, we might have a $20,000 car and we pay $1,200 a year for insurance because we can't afford to lose that $20,000 if there was an accident. But if you're earning 50, 60, 70 or more thousand dollars a year, well, can you afford to lose that if it did stop for a period of time? So it's just about 
pressing reset and learning what is available. And, you know, I'm, I, I don't have kids. I don't have a, a partner. I live by myself, but I've got disability insurance. So if I couldn't work ever again, I've got a lump sum of money that will clear my mortgage. And then I've got my income insurance that will continue to put food on my table. Now, linked to that is death cover. I don't need it, but it's bundled in there and it was cheaper to kind of bundle it all. But yeah, it is just one of those housekeeping things that we need to factor in that cost to our budget. So our budget always has money that's coming in because a lot of people say, well, if I couldn't work, you know, I probably wouldn't be going out as much or I can lean on mum and dad. Well, I don't know how much mum and dad are going to want to pay you $500 a week for your rent or for have you moved back home. So it's, um, but yeah, I don't want to get stuck in boring insurance land, but um, it's, <laughs> it's just a, an important foundation. And the book really does go into detail around what's available and how to obtain that. Yeah. I love it. I think that's great. Um, I think it's time for a bit of a break though, and to get into a clutter confession. Clutter confessions. <laughs> Okay, Glenn, so every time we have a guest on the Little Home Organised podcast, we put them in the uh, hot seat and we ask them to share with us something weird, wacky or wonderful that they've got, their clutter confession. So what have you got that you would say is a bit of a clutter confession in your life? It's so fascinating that um, I saw this question, um, you know, in the email this morning that you're going to ask me because just on the weekend before, you know, we were going to do this, in my wardrobe, I saw some things that I know are clutter and it's illogical. Like there's a lot of stuff that we have that's not logical and you just, I just want it. I just need it. So in my wardrobe up the top, I've got three plastic tubs. And basically those three plastic tubs are all the stuff that was in my wardrobe as a child or as a teenager before I left home. And it's like a okay. time capsule into the 15-year-old Glenn. It's a time capsule into the 12-year-old Glenn. And, yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Is there a is. yo-yo in there? I mean, it's got like my year, <laughs> like 12 or 11 yearbook or whatever that was. It's it's just random stuff, old photos. And for me, it's just, I don't know. I just want to keep it because... It's something physical that reminds me of me as a child. Mm. So mem- it's what we call a memory box. It's a place where um, so you, you're actually more organised than you realise. Yeah. Um, so the memory box is something that we encourage people to do because, one, it acts as a boundary, mm. having bo- boxes with size, um, but it's a place where you put things that are sentimental, that mean something to you, that are memories, and you don't want to keep them, you know, around mm. your house building like clutter and, you know, dust. It's that place you can go and open it and you intentionally look through those memories and you have that. Yeah, and I mean, you might, like, I've probably looked through it once in the last seven years, Mm. but it's just nice. Um, Mm. So I won't tell you about under my stairs then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now I'm intrigued. (laughs) What's under there? (laughs) So so when I moved into this place uh, and I own it, under the stairwell, it's like, there's this whole storage area, right? But when I moved in, it wasn't accessible. So I got a, a handyman in, in the garage to cut this hidden door in and you press it and it opens under the stairwell so I can store stuff. 
<laughs> but it's just kind of like, it's almost like it's my memory cupboard. So it's just got other memory crap. Like it's got um, stuff from my grandfather's garage, um, old yeah. tools, uh, woodwork stuff that I made in year 11. So it is, it's more just a memory compartment. Yeah. <laughs> memory den. At least you have like a, a physical boundary where all that stuff is is yeah. together. And I think the other thing on that, when you're on your own and you don't have a spouse or kids, I feel like there's more room for you to be able to keep that stuff. Whereas when there mm. are other people in the house, you have to get more selective about what you keep mm. because there's just no space. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not a, um, like my house downstairs, like I, I'm not a cluttery person. I'm not like, I just, it's clean. It's almost minimal. I, mm. yeah, it's, I'm brutal with just throwing stuff out, but it's kind of weird. It's just like this illogical, emotional thing that, no, that's my freaking memory box and that's staying <laughs> and that's my memory staircase and that's staying. And that's pretty much like everything else. It's like, nah, if I haven't used it in the last 18 months, I'm throwing it out. I can always buy more. Like I'm pretty brutal like that. Mm. So if you have a clutter confession at home, listeners, be sure to send it into our socials page. We love to hear it. Anything weird, wacky or wonderful you've held on to, or maybe like Glenn, you're more organized than you realize and you've got systems in place under the stairs and up in the cupboard. Okay, so we're talking with Glenn James about organising your money and we have a couple of listener questions for you, Glenn. People who um, have decided that's enough, I need to get some financial affairs in order. So Lily, take it away. What are our listener questions for Glenn today? So these are from our community group on Facebook and if you haven't checked us out there, be sure to Little Home Organised Community. And first question is from Donna. And Donna wants to know the best ways to budget and keep track of a budget. So both digital and non-digital ideas. She was wondering if there are any particularly good apps which make budgeting easy. Um, she wants to ha- help keeping track of spending and knowing how much is still available in the budget to spend on certain things is her major issue. I feel like Glenn's got just the thing in mind, judging from what we were talking <laughs> yeah, about Yeah, so, uh, so Donna, um, I'm going to get you details and I'm going to give you a copy of the Glenn James Spending Plan and it's a course worth $69 and it's, you know, I'm happy to give that to you, Donna. But basically I'm a little bit different if you haven't already realised I honestly, I'm a spender by nature. I don't really care what I've spent. I just want to know each week how much I can spend without using my mind. I want to make sure my bills are paid and I want to make sure my savings are increasing. So that's why I use the Glenn James spending plan. And what I would say to Donna is this plan will help you set up a separate account just for your mind numbing, dumb week on week spending. It will tell you how much exactly to go into that account. And I think that helps a lot of people just knowing that, hey, this amount here is allocated for fuel, groceries, going out, and I don't have to use my mind week on week. For anyone out there who's wondering, the easiest thing to do, low-hanging fruit, is to have a separate account with a separate bank that you transfer money weekly to, and that's the only app that's on your phone, that's the only uh, card that's in your wallet, it's the only card that's on your Apple Pay or Google Pay. So you've got to quarantine your money. Now, you might be saying, well, 
that's good. I'm a saver. I don't need that. No, but if you're a saver, you need permission to spend and you feel guilty sometimes when you spend. So this system (laughs) and having that separate card, it gives the savers permission to spend because you're allowed to spend your money. You've worked for it, people. And Mm. it limits the spenders. So that's what I would say to Donna. So I'll, um, I'm going to email both of you after this with a code for Donna. Um, and I'm also happy to give Donna a copy of my book, uh, Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested. Woohoo! Wow. Thank you so much. Thanks, Glenn. That's so generous. And thank you to Donna for sending in that question. Now, Glenn, we do have one more question. Do we have time for another one? I do. Why not? Absolutely. Let's do it. Janine, I'm pretty good at using different accounts for different purposes. For example, school expenses, Christmas, utilities, kids, etc. It works better for me than budgeting everything in one account, but it can get kind of messy having lots and lots of small accounts. Is there an easy way to kind of do this, but within one account? Yeah. Um, so Janine, thanks for the question. I'll also send you a copy of the Glen James spending plan because it could help. And one of the accounts that I use, it's called my gifts, clothes, holidays, and Christmas account. So that's just one account for ad hoc lumpy things throughout the year. And when we're first setting up our plan, we just want to make a guess. And it's almost like probably when you're decluttering your home, you know, we've just got to make a judgment call. Okay, we think we're going to need this item in the next six months or 12 months. So we will keep it. I'm going out on a wild limb here, but go with me. So if we don't know, uh, let's just make a guess. And that's better than not making a decision, right? So what I would say is... um, the gifts, clothes, holidays, Christmas account, make a, a list and the spreadsheet will help you, Janine, when you, get, when you get a copy. And what that will do is it will allow you to just quarantine that certain amount of money. And then just over the first year or so, um, you know, if you, if you need money for a Christmas, you know, big grocery shop or a Christmas gifts or someone's birthday or a weekend away, just make a note over the first year of how much you're actually spending. So the next year it comes around, you can really get a good idea. Bank accounts are free, basically. And, you know, I don't have 15 bank accounts. Some people do. I only have four in my system. But the important thing is you need a system that works for you. You know, my system isn't the way, it is a way. And I'll always encourage you to use a way that works for you and... My goal with um, Donna and Janine when they jump in and do the course is for them to learn. It's a behavioral manipulation course. Like I want to just start to get your habits and behavior in order and get them tweaked. But my hope is that you outgrow my system and it's just a good starting point. So I'll also send... um, send both of you up a book uh, to pass on to Janine as well. Lovely. Thank you, Glenn. And thank you, Janine, for the question. So thanks, Janine. um, You're always more than welcome to anyone listening to send us questions for any of the episodes, any kind of content. You can reach us on our social media. But as we said, we've also got the Facebook group, Little Home Organised Community. You're welcome to come in and join. And people there are really friendly. They'll answer all your organising questions. And it's run by two pretty awesome sisters. I mean... (laughs) What can we say? We're not bad. Oh, and your <laughs> sisters. Yes. Oh, didn't know that. Okay, wow. <laughs> I've got a final question for both of you. Oh, yes. Who's more organised? Oh, she is. 
<laughs> you noticed how I paused because I didn't want to make her feel bad. I mean, realistically, <laughs> if you've got four kids, you'd want to be organised. Oh, you have to be. <laughs> yeah. It's survival. No, most, I am um, Glenn. Full confession, I had a floor drove as a kid, um, as a teenager, and I work pretty hard to stay organised now. Bonnie definitely, she wears the crown in that department. I still have a floor drove. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> As long as you know which is the clean pile and which is the dirty pile. Absolutely. <laughs> the clean stuff hangs on the mirror. The dirty's on the floor. <laughs> Jeez. That sounds like a, a clutter confession right there, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> so one more question for you, Glenn. You were, you were talking about, for answering those listener questions as well, the way we like a lot and assign money. And I think that's something that sometimes people get stuck with is knowing what expenses they should be considering as priorities first before they start spending money on like all like the luxury type things. Is that something you could touch on? Yeah. So uh, in the book, I talk about my money hierarchy and, um, you know, Donna and Janine will see that in the course as well. I do a video module on it. Basically, we need to organize our personal budget. Uh, like, so imagine a pyramid, like the and I based it off the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which, you know, being a psychology student, you'd love that, which is on the premise that if I'm, if I can't feed myself, if I can't clothe myself, I'm not looking for a, a, a 10-day silent yoga retreat in India, am I? Like, I'm just not there because I need that instant food. Mm. I need my house before I worry about the yoga retreat in India. So like with our own budget, imagine a, a triangle the bottom section I like to call baseline. The next section is basic comforts, then luxuries, then premium luxuries, and then whatever. And the problem mm-hmm. I've seen over years of coaching people is, and we're all guilty of it, we confuse luxuries with basic needs. We confuse luxuries with baseline items. Uh, in the book, I share a story of a young family where they couldn't, their their electricity bill was overdue and about to, you know, they're about to get... Um, sued almost or going to default because they hadn't paid their electricity bill. But they had their kids in private school. And while I want every parent to be able to send their kid to private school if they wish, we've got to be clear, some things in Australian standards and world standards are actually luxuries. And we just have to be very careful. And again, we're all guilty of it. And that's why we need to always go back and have a look at our baseline spending, our basic comforts, our luxuries, are we confusing luxuries as baseline things? Like you might be paying for five private Pilates classes a week, but if you're struggling to pay your rent, I'm sorry, like it sounds rude, but I think you might have your priorities wrong. And something's got to give. Something's got to give. Like we all don't get this magical pass on mathematics. Uh, and that's why it's important to build our sound financial house in order so our big structures of our life and investments and insurances and wills and all that stuff. But then we need to go back to our budget and make sure we build our budget the right way up. I love it. You just really simplify it. And that image in particular in the book, like, and especially knowing, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs because um, teaching's my background. So that was, that was in there as well for my uni degree. Um, I love seeing this in such a visual form because you're right, there are so many people who prioritise the name brand clothing, the private schooling and the, you know, exceptional holidays, but yet you find out that there's some really basic stuff that their kids can't have or their family needs to have that they can't afford because the priorities are a little bit twisted. Yeah, and I think we, you know, the three of us agree that 
the aim of having a decluttered, organised house is peace. It's, it's just like there's no stress here, everything's organised. And the aim of having your financial house in order and your budget in order is peace and no stress. And if you girls walked into a big house and there was stuff everywhere and the person's overwhelmed and we all can get overwhelmed with stuff, I would basically say, well, that's okay. We're not going to do everything in a day. Can we do one thing today that's small to make a movement in that direction? And if you're overwhelmed with your money, that's okay. Can we do something to make a move forward? Can you invest $24 and buy a book? I don't care if it's my book or the next book, whatever. Just make a step forward. Get encouraged. Get into the Facebook group of whatever you want. Like, don't do this alone. You're not alone. And there's always help and there's always hope for the future. And I just really want to stress that you can't change everything overnight. Like, Mm -hmm. a freak would be able to declutter their whole house and do everything overnight. And if I was doing that, it'd be probably involve a bulldozer, but you know, (laughs) or a match or a match. (laughs) Is this thing insured? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so let's just go easy in ourselves. Like we need a lot of grace and, you know, just because the next house is decluttered and everything's good. Well, that's fine. I'll get to mine and I'll do it my way. And Mm. just because your neighbor's got good money systems and, you know, the nice boat that probably on finance anyway, let's not worry about anyone else and just do our thing and control what we can control. Yeah, we are all walking our own journey. I love that, Glenn, and I think that's such a great way to wrap up today's episode. Um, Just want to say thank you so much for sharing your money wisdom with us and especially for being generous and, and offering copies of your book and your online course to our listeners who sent in a question. What a great reward for contributing to our podcast. So here's a hint for people in the future. If you've got clutter confessions that you've been holding <laughs> on to, maybe it's time to actually uh, yeah, share them with the world. What I'm going to do, I'll, I'll send up um, four books and you can give two others away to Ooh, people in your Facebook group or whatever. That sounds wonderful. We oh, might run a little lovely. competition. I, I just feel, yeah, like you can't, you know, you can't give anything away because it always comes back to you mm. and you've just always got to be generous and be nice, be generous. And, you know, if you get your sound financial house and your budget in order, it will allow you to be generous. There's a lot of people in the money world that don't teach generosity. Um, I'm of the view that slow down with making all your money, slow down and help people along the way. Make it forward. And totally. So, yeah, we'll send up four books and, uh, yeah, you can give them away as well. Thanks, Glenn. Oh, that's lovely. And, Glenn, for people who haven't come across you and are now totally intrigued and want to hear everything all you have to say about money, where can they find oh, well, you? Well, first I would like to apologise, uh, but secondly... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, But secondly, yeah, My Millennial Money, um, you can listen to our podcast wherever you're listening to this. We've also got My Millennial Health podcast, My Millennial Career, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Business. You can find us anywhere. So Awesome. And you're on the social media as well? Yes. Yes, we are. And also uh, for the listeners who do know, we have like quite the TikTok following. Um, Believe it or not, you can also find Glenn James on TikTok as well. (laughs) So if we haven't enticed you to move over there, Okay, so there's probably about two videos there and then I had to delete TikTok for my own mental health because (laughs) I was watching it before bed and I was getting all worked up. It was just not good. (laughs) Yeah. 
I can confess it's taken up much of my time. Thank you so much for joining us today, Glenn. No worries. I'll see you guys soon. If you haven't been tuning into the podcast for a while, you may have missed a very exciting announcement, and that is Little Home Organised. That's us. We've released a brand new course. Yay! The Organised Wardrobe. That's right, a course solely dedicated to getting that wardrobe in tip-top condition. Bonnie, what can people expect? So if you're a time-poor person and you find that getting dressed in the morning is just giving you such a headache, the Organised Wardrobe is the course for you. We will help you zone your wardrobe. We will help you let go of the items that are no longer serving you. And we will help you organise your wardrobe to within an inch of its life so that in the morning it takes you less than five minutes to get dressed and you walk out the door feeling fabulous. Ah, doesn't that sound good? But the thing I love, of course, Bonnie, is that our courses are DIY, which means that you can jump on online anytime, log in, do a module, try it at home and do it at your own pace, which is fabulous for the busy time poor parent. Because life does get in the way sometimes and it's great to know that you can just come back and pick up from where you left off. And as long as this course is offered, you will have access to it. So if that sounds like something that you want to incorporate in your life, you want to get your wardrobe looking spick and spare, and loving it every time you open that door, this is for you. Head to littlehomeorganised.com.au and check out the organised wardrobe. Hey everyone, just a quick note to let you know that Bonnie and I are taking a wee break from the podcast just while life settles down. Bonnie's got a new bub, I'm in the middle of it with uni and we have some great ideas and great content coming your way but we need to take a little break until then to make sure that we can bring it all to you. So in the meantime, if you want all things LHO, be sure to head to our website, our social media. Of course, you can check us out on TikTok and YouTube. And if you miss us, that's fine. Just send us an email, send us a DM. We're still here and we'll be back soon with more progress and not perfection. Hey, we'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoyed the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.